So, what's the latest on Catheron? I'll put it on the monitor. The Catheron members will begin evacuating at 1200 as planned. The Allahs will be back, no doubt about it. We know that. We'll send out the Gundams. But what about our strategy? In this situation, with Miss Sumeragi unconscious... Even so, we have to do something. We'll move Ptolemy over to the coastline. It's important that the enemy detects only us. Roger that. Ptolemyos, taking off. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that's given Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. You guessed right, punk. It's me, Tyler. I should have expected that out of you. My name is Zach. Zach. <laughs> yeah, it's actually Z-A apostrophe C-H. I-, I felt bad that my name isn't two syllables, so I wanted to try it for a change. You could, like, uh, put an umlaut over the A and make it, like, Zach. You could go Zachary and one-up us. Mm. That is true. That, that is true. Today we'll be watching episode six of Gundam Double O Part Two, which is secretly episode thirty-one. Scars. I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, this one's I. It's got Saji suffers. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Finally, some pathos from Saji. I was just talking, I think, last week. Maybe it was a couple weeks ago about how Double O has a very different energy from Seed in that it doesn't do setup and then payoff, but this episode kind of feels like a seed setup episode and yet it starts the fight anyway <laughs> but then does not end the fight no it doesn't finish the fight it j- just halfway commits it's all right though yeah i mean it's fine i did not dislike it the entire time i was watching I'm like huh i kind of like double o <laughs> so <laughs> all right so if this is your first time listening to us i don't know go back at least like six start with the second half of double o start with build fighters I was actually re-listening. Build technically. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Build divers. I actually re-listened to a bunch of our build divers episodes <laughs> like last week because I was really bored. How did and they I, hold up? I mean, I had fun listening to them. Riku, why? Like it's just so there are four Gundam boys. They have a mom. They have a princess they rescued. They teamed up with some terrorists, but then the evil assholes, the a holes, attack the terrorists with murder bots, and so now Soma Pierce, a beautiful, perfect cinnamon bun is very sad about her existence because she did a mass murder. She didn't even do it. She was there for it and didn't stop it. Yeah. I I feel like she was very conflicted as to whether or not she should stop it. I feel like she was shocked into inaction about it. Yeah. She's like, oh no, murder robots. What do? My dad taught me this is bad. (laughs) Also, one of the Gundam Boy's ex-neighbor did leaked all the information that led to that mass murder, so he's not in a great spot either. By accident, he he leaked it by telling Her our dad. best friend, <laughs> Soma's dad, all about it. But his asshole subordinate was like, "I'm going to go tell the a holes," and then he did. <laughs> and then and, he did. And then that guy got punched. Did he even get punched? I believe Sergey did punch him. That's how you just deal with your inferior officers in this setting. You just punch them. <laughs> I will also say Saji did not accidentally leak that information. He intentionally leaked it. He did not know that it was going to be used to cause a a, a genocide. 
Sergei didn't read him his Miranda rights. Anything you say can and will be used against terrorist organizations you may or may not have been working for. <laughs> because as we have discovered, Saji has the worst luck stat in Gundam. It's pretty bad. Dude can't catch a break and he's not even a pilot. No, he's just like tangentially related to a pilot. Man, especially what happens at the end of this episode. My my dude, poor Saji. Yeah. I hope his aim is bad. I was going to say, that's the thing we forgot, is that the and the boy's ex-neighbor's ex-girlfriend joined the A-holes and has gotten assigned to the unit that is chasing after the Gundam boys. Yeah, the anti-Gundam unit, because Gundams killed her parents. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> no, evil Gundams killed her parents. <laughs> hey, and Gundams don't kill people. Nana Trinity does. <laughs> and... Because of the special space lasers that they had, as opposed to the space lasers on our good Gundams, she couldn't have her hand regrown. And now we're just spreading those particles everywhere, all the time. That sounds like humans. So I guess about half the population on Earth is just going to be start, start coming down randomly with cancer in about five years. Uh, I was going to say they just can't regrow their limbs, which does sound like a pretty useful thing to be able to do, and now we can't do it. I feel like there's one more character I wanted to plus one on this, but I can't remember who. Oh, is it possible it might be Mr. Bushido? It's 100% possible because it's him. (laughs) We find out that he is, in fact, a one-man army who doesn't have to listen to his mom. I'm an adult. (laughs) Actually, he already mentioned that he was a one-man army in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm saying it now. Yeah. (sighs) This one, we learned that he has the license. He actually mentioned that before, yeah, but, does, now, yes. but now we know it's capitalized license yeah. instead of just him saying, hey, I have. Here's my right. one man army license. License to duel. Oh, that's something. All right. We are watching episode six, Scars. You can watch it along on Crunchyroll or DVDs like Zach has. Hey, you got me these Blu-rays. No, I didn't. I got you the ones for the first season and I got you the ones for the movie. movie. I did not get you these DVDs. I get you only the bad parts of Gundam Double. I have to be pedantic, <laughs> because it's me. These are Blu-rays. They're digital video discs. <laughs> they just use Blu-ray technology. That is true. They are technically Blu-ray DVDs. I, I can I cannot <laughs> pedant you if I put my mind to it. Okay, really quick segue. I felt really old recently because I met a really young person somewhere and they asked me what burning CDs was. Ooh, yeah, that would make yeah. me feel old. I, <laughs> I still have a or spindle of blank CDs over there. Oh, I do too. I haven't touched them in years, but I have them. Me too. You can see them right there. They're on the Reptalia box. Did you tell him that the DVDs are very bad for the environment and you can't recycle them, so we just go to mass burnings of them for the ones we didn't want anymore? (laughs) What? CDs. I'm sorry. For burning CDs. What? Oh. (laughs) Because he asked you what burning CDs was. Okay. Well, I got distracted by the DVD thing. I'm like, what? I Uh, did say DVD by mistake. No, that would have been way better. Uh. What did you say? Did you just, like, I, lock no, I, up? No, I actually explained what burning a CD was. Lock up. You do realize I talk to people is, like, half of my job, right? Is just going and talking to strangers. I mean, that's not technically part of my job, but it has become part of my job because my co- co-workers will come up and talk to me. <laughs> that's not how it works with you? No, I, I, I am the person going up and talking to other random people because oh. I need information from them. That must I, suck. I interrogate other people. as a, I'm a professional interrogator. Ask me anything. And actually, and by that I mean I'll ask you anything. <laughs> that must suck. It's not my favorite thing. So we start this episode with the post-credit scene of the last episode. Do we have to go through this again? Is that a stand is on fire? That's right, punk. It's me, Golden Freddy. <laughs> you somehow, I somehow heard you talking in the ship over there. 
I identify that it's you. <laughs> Despite the fact that you're not in a Gundam or anything like that. I do like that this scene happens, and then they just leave. We don't even see them leave. Yeah, They're just they not there they, anymore. They don't <laughs> flee or anything like that. There's no problem whatsoever of them getting away from him. You know what this is? This is an Arl Stein book cover <laughs> or uh, chapter end. This just seems like it's made to make memes, right? Like yeah. what, what Sachez says just makes me think of like it's me, like either or, like from the Stanley Kubrick movie or from Golden Freddy. The, as I just being <laughs> or on, from the JoJo's thing. Yeah, it was me, Dio. Yeah. It's very, it was me, Dio. As I stand being on fire just makes me think of Amazon's Attack, the comic in which Amazon's attack the president and stop Superman from stopping them by lighting all of Kansas on fire. <laughs> so Superman has to deal with that. Well, Batman is dealing with the deadly bee weapon. I mean, that sounds like a very solid plan to just light Kansas on fire. It is a rather flammable state. It's also where his parents live. I mean, that's not important. But it is to him. Is it Who- Nebraska that you don't believe exists, yes. Jeremy? Nebraska is fake. Yep. No, Nebraska is a conspiracy theory. It's the parts of other states that they don't want to admit to having. Yeah, it's just that the United States really doesn't want to let Puerto Rico be a state. So like, oh, sorry, we're full. <laughs> Nebraska's <laughs> we real. We can't break 50. Fun fact, Jen was born in Nebraska. I don't think anybody's born in Nebraska. They're just kind of, they, they fall out of corn husks. <laughs> yeah, that's what the children of the corn is about. Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska? No, the kids <laughs> that fall out of the corn husk in Nebraska, which does not exist. The opening ends and we get the Ptolemaeus just surveying the damage to Cataron's base while in cloaked mode. Satellite cloaked mode specifically, so it's only the top half of it. Yeah. And we see Cataron clearing out the debris and mostly the various bodies and body bags within. And everybody is, like, just shell-shocked at how they, you know, how much damage it is. And they hear, Sheeran hears these children coming up and is immediately like, no, take those kids back to the shelter now. We don't want them to see all these bodies. Uh, no, no wonder they wanted Marina to babysit. Their current babysitter is terrible. <laughs> I was actually, Why do you <laughs> think this is a good idea, lady? I was actually going to say that the babysitter is like, let's go on a corp field, corpse field trip. Let's go see if your dad got shot. <laughs> oh, to be fair, these are all orphans. According to last episode. Yeah, they were already orphaned. Klaus, on the other hand, is still alive because he has a name. And Sheeran is like, how did you survive? And Klaus is like, mostly by having a name. Yeah, he was directly in the line of fire. And he and, basically said, run. And, and is lived. unharmed. And is unharmed, yep. So, And we find out that they've apparently been here for three years trying to put everything together. And uh, so we see a bunch of the other Cataron members are blaming Alleluia and uh, Tiaria for leaking their location. And notably not Lock-On. They're not quite blaming them. They're more accusing, less asking, hey. Lock-On is there. Lock-On is over there, too. And Tiaria is like, no, we did not. We did not do that. And so a guy pulls a gun on him, but Lock-On quickly is like, hey, cut it out. We didn't do it. Why would we leak your location and then come rescue you? But he also says specifically, these guys didn't do it, which implies me that they might know that he's a spy. I don't think it's important. And Lock-On swears to avenge everyone who died, while Tiaria is sort of looking at the side. He's like, huh, I wonder who did tell them. We're like, who did? (laughs) Cut to Saji. (laughs) He was walked into the base, shell-shocked, as you would expect. He was pretty much that way before he even got here. But now he's seeing all the death. Well, I mean, he didn't mean to do anything like this. He, he just gave wanted an to go interview. home. <laughs> yeah. Saji, throughout this these first couple of weeks, this is like the second worst couple of weeks in his life. And he just wanted to go home. And I mean, we can all get behind that. So Saji reason- turns to go, but Tiaria has caught him. I think a reasonable person would expect that they wouldn't, you know, try and commit a genocide. Yeah. 
So we cut to the hallway of Judgment Cataron wing, where Tiaria has taken Saji. Although he's very calm, he goes, what did you do? And especially in the dub, it's very clear that Tiaria is like, hey, very similar to Sergei. I just want to hear your side of the story. I think Tiaria has figured out that it was probably Saji. I haven't set my phasers to judge yet. And so Tiara is like, are you actually an ALA spy when Saji can't answer? And he's when, like, when no. he can't answer, Sa- Tiara immediately jumps on him with, so you're the one that caused this. Who are you really? And he's like, all right, if you're not a spy, let's explain it to me. I'll listen. I'll judge you fairly. That was my role in Celestial Being. <laughs> Cut to the bridge where Milena felt Ian and Sumeragi are just watching the corpses getting put together. In their sweet uh, as well as screen. I forgot Lasse. And I love that Felt takes Milena as like, you're too young for this. This movie is rated R. You can't watch it yet. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in our terrorist organization, but we don't want you to see dead bodies. I can super imagine Christina doing this for Felt in the past. I, I can too, actually. So Felt is just passing it along. Yeah. And this is really affecting Sumeragi a lot more. Especially when she hears somebody giving a prayer over one of the corpses. And she's like, oh no, that's the prayer my dead boyfriend said shortly before he was my dead boyfriend. (laughs) While he was still my boyfriend. Now I'm going to flash back to a name we've never heard before. Emilio. Oh, we did hear it once. She said it, sadly. Did she? Yeah, recently. I think when they did the diving. Anyway, we see a really confusing flashback with a bunch of really quick cuts. Of a bunch of mobile suits and Sumeragi just standing in a command center and being like, oh no, they weren't enemies, as she also hears this prayer again. I actually really like the effect that they're going for here, that these are all jumbled up. Yeah. And then we get some tactical fainting action. I think it's tactical dying action. No, he's talking about when the flashback ends and Sumeragi face plants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Lassie and Ian are like, hey, what's wrong? We don't have a doctor anymore. <laughs> I, I was just thinking that. <laughs> and so as they're checking on her, we cut to Su- uh, Tieria trying to slap some man into Saji here. Hey, Not he quite a bright that- slap. It's an urge slap. He remembers that time Sumeragi slapped him and is hoping it'll have a similar effect. He became a much better person after he was slapped. <laughs> yeah, trying to slap some man into Saji. And it's just like, how could you possibly have done something that stupid? You were talking to Sergei, so I guess it could have been worse, but... Dude, think! And Sasha's like, I didn't know this would happen. I just wanted to get away from the fighting. And Tiaria is like, hey, saying that it's not your problem and it's just happening somewhere else is just inadvertent malice. You need to take responsibility for your actions. I actually really, because this is a, a, like the third time someone has told this to Saji, basically. Like, I, you're running away from it and saying that it's not my problem isn't helping. I also feel like it's one of the points of maturity that Saji doesn't have. So, you know. Well, I mean, he he hasn't had to deal with anything like this before. Nothing that has ever happened to him while he is the world's most unlucky Gundam protagonist. It's all been things happening to him. It's not so much things that he has done that have caused it. Like, his sister died. That happened to you know, that, that that is an event that happened to him, to his life. Yeah, he did not cause Ali to su- stab her. <laughs> he did not cause Louise, his family, to die. Uh, try to avoid kicking the Warhammer minis under the table. This is the first time something like this has happened under his action. He hasn't really gotten to the point where it's like, yes, you made a, you made a massive mistake. You have to take responsibility for it. 
So this causes Saji to sort of curl up in a field position. And then Setsuna walks into the hallway and is like, what is going on here? <laughs> I, I like how he greets Tieria, glances at Saji, and then is like, so what's up? <laughs> this is going to be a day. Mine specifically. Also, what happens that this base got destroyed? I just got back. When he says what's going on here, it, even though he glances at Saji, it's pretty clear that he's referring to the base itself, not, damn it, Tieria, why are you bullying our civilian? And Tieria is like, well, it was the A-Laws, but really, it was Saji. Well, it happened to be, the A-Laws are the ones that pulled the trigger, but it was Saji's fault. And Setsuna's is like, the only way to respond to this is with a full name, Saji Crossroad. Well, I feel like Setsuna here is like, I feel like the proper response is to judge you because that's what Tiaria does, but I don't feel like that, so I'm not sure where to go from here. So apparently Setsuna just dumped Marina in the middle of the destruction. He's like, wait here, I'll go find out what's going on. I feel like he landed the shuttle, and then they got off and realized, oh shit, something went down. And so... This uh, is also on fire. Setsuna went into the Ptolemaeus to try and find one of them, because presumably Alleluia and Lock-On aren't just floating around the hangar right now, so he went to go find somebody and just happened to run across the area first. I assume that takes place in the Cataron base, in one of the hallways that was not destroyed, like the one we saw the kids in. I mean, that would make sense. Anyway, Shirin comes up and is like, hey, you didn't go back to Exetistad? And she's like, Exetistad is on fire! I as need she, to hug someone about it. As Marina almost glomps Sheeran here just because she's like, I need physical human contact. My nation is on fire. I tried to do it to Setsuna. It did not go well. <laughs> we really have no chemistry. I do not know what that girl was thinking. <laughs> Cut to the aircraft carrier that the Alaws are pursuing the Gundams with, where Rintz and Kadi are having a discussion about how that last fight with, and they're like, well, we lost two mobile suits and that sucks, but we did destroy Cataron, so that's good. And Cotty's like, I don't feel great about it. And Rent's like, what? Not a fan of mass murder? I love mass murder. It's my favorite part of the job. Yeah, because he says this is clearly, this will result in in an award for us. And she just tells him to can it. It's just like, shut the fuck up, you murderous son of a bitch. He's like, but I'm a murderous son of a bitch. Didn't you also do a mass murder once to your own people? That seems very similar to now. I wouldn't want to do any more war if I had done that. And this is also, you know, providing information that, her and Sumeragi share this background. It's weird that they didn't bring this up at all in the first season, which implies me that they just made this up for the second season. I mean, on the one hand, yes, but my kind of explanation for that is because in the first season, Sumeragi had to run most of the plans through Veda, and Kadi was brought in later to the conflict anyway, that she didn't really have any opportunity to see Sumeragi's wild-ass plans. Sumeragi's, like, trademark wild-ass plans, so she never really put two and two together. And based on her knowledge of Sumeragi, she just kind of assumed that she was probably dead in a gutter somewhere. This actually reads me like a D&D character backstory where Sumeragi's, like, tragic backstory and the GM's like, okay, we'll get to that later. And remember that when Kadi got involved in the first half, most of the plans were Transam and Prey? Because they didn't have a whole lot of resources to do much of anything else. So Cotty goes to assault Rent, and he's like, oh, this is so unbecoming of you. I'm just emotionally being abusive. You shouldn't physically be abusive to me. I mean, from what we've seen, decking your uh, inferior or your junior officers seems to be in keeping with the Earth Sphere Federation military regulations. So punch that smirk off that son of a bitch. See how many teeth you can knock out. Make a game of it. <laughs> so Setsuna's like on the bridge of what I think was his shuttle now with 
Kiaria and Alleluia. And he's like, so they burned down Azeta stand. And that fucking Ali Al Sanchez guy was there with his cool red Gundam that I, I hate. I find this so amusing because Setsuna is standing between the two while they're sitting in the in the pilot seats. That seems like a very Setsuna move to me. But before they can dwell on this too much, they get an email saying that Sumeragi fainted. And they're like, oh no, we better go check on mom. I hope it wasn't the alcohol again. Also, you're coming too, Saji. Who knows what will happen if we leave you here? Which, I've, to be fair, reads very strict, but the way that both the English and Japanese voice actor d- deliver it, it's very clear they mean, what if Catheron finds out what you did? Yeah, you will not be safe. They drew a gun on Tieria, and if they find out that Saji was the one who even inadvertently gave away their location to the Alaws, yeah, they'll probably kill you, and we don't want that to happen. So we cut to Marina having a conversation with Shirin. Which is basically Marina being like, I gotta go back to Azetistan and help. And Jared be like, no, it's on fire. There is nothing you can do. We should thank Setsuna for dragging you back here. It was a good idea. Because there's no army left. There's no police left. Presumably there's very little in the way of firefighters left. They're having this conversation in a room full of boxes because she's unboxing her feelings. And Melina... Marina? Marina, I keep getting... God damn, the name's confused. It's so dumb. I'm, How Japanese of you? Is basically like, I wouldn't care if I was a, if I martyred myself because I was entrusted with this whole thing and blah, blah, blah. And Sheeran is like, dude, no, that doesn't help. Dying will not help the country. This is why you're a princess, because you do feel that way. We then cut to lock on walking into Klaus's command's room, which is perfectly fine. And being like, so Celestial Being says they'll give you food and supplies and help you get out of here. And they can help you out until you're actually set up somewhere else. I'm not exactly sure how you plan to really do that with your four mobile suits if you're planning on doing literally anything else. They're just going to leave that army of horrors here. What was next on their to-do list? They were trying to uh, bring Marina back to Azetistan. That's a bit bust, so... Well, I mean, their goal is to bring down the a-holes, and if you're sitting there babysitting these guys, you're not going to be doing any of that. Well, the a-holes are sending a whole bunch of units after them, so... But they don't know forces. that right now. Who else is going to attack them? Sergey? <laughs> okay, Sergey individually. Fair. He's not Rambaral. <laughs> Sergey finds the Ptolemaeus and is just like, huh, well, that's new. Are Sir, you hiring? Should we attack? No. So Klaus asks Lockon who leaked the information on their base, and he's just like, I'm the spy, and you're asking me that? I and wonder... Klaus should be like, yeah, you're the yeah. spy, so I'm asking you that. <laughs> I wonder if Lockon knows. I don't feel like he does know that it was Saji right now. He wasn't on the shuttle to have the discussion. Well, because Thierry took Saji off to one side when he started talking to him to begin with, so I don't think Lockon knows. Then we cut to Chun-Li's mansion. And as far as I can tell, the only purpose of the scene is for Chun-Li to belittle her brother. Yeah, well, it also is the reveal that they are brother and sister, something that has so little impact on the series, I didn't remember it was a spoiler when I told <laughs> you guys earlier. That's oh, the... I forgot this was... This yeah, is... so this is the reveal of that? I yes. Mean, it didn't feel like it because we've been making fun of it this entire time. Also, what does it change about their relationship or this series? Honestly, it actually just makes this relationship weird. We also find out that Chun-Li is using Nana because Nana can use quantum brainwaves to deceive the innovators. And she's like, that's important to my plan. Also, you suck, brother. And he's like, well, you're right. I have no response to that, but it did hurt. <laughs> cut to Kati Mod- cut, cut as in, and like all ALOS members with a conscience, she is currently in an emo phase. Where she's like, am I no different from that asshole? 
Then we cut to Sumeragi in a tube. And they're <laughs> like the same tube that they had the original lock on in after he lost his shooting eye. And Felt's like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm pretty sure she had a psychological trauma. I hope she wakes up. Also, it's been like three years. How have we not recruited another doctor? They're just really hard to find a good doctor. I don't think Moreno was a good one. I think they have low standards. Okay, a loyal doctor. Also, you know, we already went over this. Who do you think's doing the recruiting here? Well, as far as we can tell, it's just Setsuna now, so... Do you think Setsuna's thinking about a doctor? The only person they managed to recruit during the time skip is Ian's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) That's really depressing. Well, I mean, they might have recruited people back at the base that we haven't been to yet, but for the main crew, yeah. So Sumeragi has a nap flashback to her boyfriend being like, hey, I have a lot of respect for you. As a tactical forecaster, you try to bring battles to a quick end, even though you acknowledge the horrors of war. And then we cut to this pencil pusher at a desk being like, you each made your tactical forecasts on false information. And as a result, your allies fought against each other and died. It's just a matter of you two doing your jobs too well. Kujo and Kati Monikin. So, her, so I know, you, even though for some reason we don't see Caddy in this dressing down, we only get this guy saying her name. It doesn't even feel really like a dressing yeah. down. I feel like we, we don't see her, but that's why we've got the connection. But like she's on the other side because this is entirely, or at least it's kind of presented as Sumeragi's. But then it flashes out of it to Kadi apparently having a very similar flashback, so it feels weird that we don't get a shot of them both in the same place. Yeah. Unless they're being unless they're in two different places, but it feels like they should be in the same place, right, for this? I actually kind of wonder if they both got debriefed separately on it. But... I mean, they could, but narratively speaking, that's inefficient, right? Yeah, yeah. And I can't think of any reason narratively that they would need to do that. And I'm not going to be like, oh, they were in different militaries, they shouldn't be talking to each other when they're explicitly allies I feel and like they're you would wearing want... the same uniform also that yeah like, they were Sumeragi both in the is wearing the same AEU uniform that Kadi Monikin is wearing yep. yeah and then anyway cut out of the flashback and Kadi's like is it goddamn Cujo am I fighting Cujo she was a crazy person if I could think of one person who would be like let's dive into the ocean from space it would be her that's You've her got style five minutes to free this dude I mean I kind of like this that that reveal of Kadi having this realization of Oh shit, that I'm facing off against her? I really like this because later she's like, oh wait, this is a dumb plan. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> because uh, Sumeragi's asleep. Yep. <laughs> we cut to Soma's room where she has the lights off because she's in a hardcore emo phase. Just remembering all the murders that she, she was, was there for. She, she was literally standing there watching. And she's like, well, is that what a real battlefield looks like? Then she's got mail. And she's like, why did my dad send me an email super encoded with a code from the old Chobu team? And Sergei's like, hey, heard you were in that mass murder. Sorry, that was my bad. And she's like, oh, my dad. I didn't want the A-laws to take notice, so I sent it to you in this really complicated cipher. I feel like that would make it even more stand out. No, it just looks like spam. Spam has gotten so bad <laughs> in 200 years. And he he's apologizing to her for being like, I'm sorry I accidentally had one of my subordinates send you on to do a genocide. And Soma's like, oh my god, he's so nice. He must be so torn up about the fact that his information was used this way, and yet he feels bad for me? I don't deserve a dad as good as him. Her decision-making here is, oh wow, he's such a great guy, I'm so glad he offered to adopt me, but I am super soldier now. 
And I don't understand why she makes that leap. The super soldier stuff just like set her back six years. So even though she's 22, she's mentally 16. And this is exactly how a 16 year old would respond to this. On the same side of that, I can kind of understand it because it's it's the same reason why Sumeragi is drinking all the time, right? It's a coping mechanism. Yeah, it's just really weird that we don't see what the last four years of her life were like, because it seems like from what we've seen, they were basically just like she was in the military under Sergei, but her home life was really good just like being Sergei's daughter, even though she's not officially yet. So it's such a, so weird that she like just flips, like completely reverts to before she met Sergei after not being with him for like five minutes. It does feel kind of cheap to switch that around. I mean, I can understand it as that coping mechanism of I participated in this mass murder, but at the same time, it's like, can't you just take refuge in the fact that he is legitimately caring about you? You don't have to, like, I don't deserve this. Yeah, I mean, if you want to believe that, but he's still there. Yeah, it's very teenage reaction. Uh, And then we actually get a flashback to, for the first time, the reveal that, yes, the thing they've been talking about is Sergei offered to adopt her. And she was hesitant about it. And he's like, well, is Sergei Smirnov not an attractive name? And she's like, no, alliteration is hot. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I feel weird about it. Man, they look so comfortable as they're drinking tea together. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like this was her life for four years. And now she's, she sees one mass murder and she's like, I don't deserve that. Okay. I do want to point out the thing that uh, the reason she's actually reconsidering is Sergei's bolo tie. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with his bolo tie? <laughs> and she's like, ah. Oh, Colonel, thank you for reminding me that I am super soldier number one and I don't deserve to be happy. Part of what she said in the flashback is that having having the name that she had reminded her of her mission, basically. And that's part of her flashback. And as she says this, she is crying and clearly does not believe it. Cut to Smirnov's command fly thingy, where Rind has shown up to be like, you suck. You let the guy who you interrogated escape. Why did you make us come out here? And I, he just slaps him. I did not let a member of Cateron escape. I I allowed a civilian to leave. And Rint is like, I may just be a major, but clearly A-laws are above the regular forces. That's how this works. Yeah, keep thinking that. There might be an accidental friendly fire incident out here. There might be a, a no. unfortunate incident <laughs> with no. Rintz. Look, Sergei would never. Cody, on the other hand. <laughs> it's not Sergei you gotta worry about. It's Sergei's subordinates. Well, we already know they're not loyal to him for some reason. Although they were very upset that he just got slapped, so. But Renz is like, you'll stay on duty until we decide how to handle this. And so Sergei's like, yeah, works for me. We then cut to Nana bringing relief supplies to... Azetistan? No, not Azetistan. Um, Cateron's base. Yeah. I couldn't think of the word Cateron. Because, yeah, Nana seems like the person to bring disaster relief supplies. I mean, I guess when all you have is a Nana Trinity. Every problem looks like a genocide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she definitely does not strike me as the right character or the right person to do any kind of relief supply effort. Maybe she's a little bit less crazy psycho than she used to be. Does Has she struck you at all as less crazy? She's she hasn't not struck anyone me, yet. She has not struck me in any way because she's had two lines. <laughs> and they've both been crazy. Then we don't get an eye catch. Hello, and Merry Ides of May to you all, as Tiny Tim, Tiny Tom, Tiny, what the hell is that kid's name? Tiny Tim? Yeah, Tiny Tim. Merry Ides of May to us all, everyone. That is the redemption story of me, a ghost in a microphone. I'm the ghost of podcast past, but only because 
the version of you listening to this exists temporally ahead of the version of me recording this. Yeah. Anywho, um, hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this show. And if you're actually not skipping this, the stupid mid-spot. I don't know that I have anything in particular to say this week. It's, yeah, it's, it's been a week. Yeah, um, I'm not really, like, plugging the Patreon if you want to do that. If you want to throw money at us, we very much appreciate it. What I am going to say is uh, we watched the LCS finals, that is the League of Legends North American division, if you are unfamiliar with that. It was really fun to watch. I'm not sure how it turned out as an episode, but we recorded an episode where we talked about all the matches, and that was fun for me, a person who knows almost nothing about that game. That's that. Uh, Also, hey, if you're listening to this somewhat contemporaneously, we are doing Terraria for our end-of-the-game month game. That is Sunday, May 29th at about 6 p.m. Mountain Time, so if you're interested in joining us, please do. Terraria is a fun time, and usually for games like this, I leave the server running for a while, so people can hop on with or without the rest of us. (laughs) That's right, cat meowth. Anywho... Back to the episode. And then we cut back to the Air Force carrier. This ship really needs a name. Especially since I keep calling it an Air Force carrier and not an aircraft carrier, which is what it is. It's an <laughs> it's a mobile suit carrier. It is. Those are aircraft. And we find out that uh, Luis's space a-hole team has been seconded to Cody Monikin's group or reassigned. And Cotty's like, hey, are you an amoral douchebag leader of this unit? And he's like, yes, I am, ma'am. And she's like, ah, great. Well, he's <laughs> more neutral. One. He's not like, I want to do all the murders. He's like, I want to, the world to be united. And she's like, well, you are a sheeple, though. That sucks. Well, well, he did. That's why I said amoral. Wasn't he the one that deployed the genocide bots in the first episode? Yep. Yes. They were just testing those genocide bots. <laughs> <laughs> On prisoners. They weren't even human. But she doesn't ask, has you ever done a mass murder? She asks, do you have any regrets? And he doesn't, which tells us he's an asshole, but she doesn't know that. Well, she, she responds like she knows that, though. Cut back to the Ptolemaeus, where Sumeragi is still napping. I find it so amusing that everybody has their own color-coded uniform, except Lasse and Ian. They, they just have get the gray. gray ones, but like felt has pink. Well, maybe they both chose that color, and they're like, oh no, one of us has to change, and then they were too lazy to do it. <laughs> What if Felta just couldn't think of another color because she doesn't know that much about fashion? She's trying her best. No, she looked it up and decided the color that went best with her hair. (laughs) So the Gundammeisters are like, the Alaws will be back before Cataron finishes evacuating, so we're going to have to do something about it. And Setson is like, we'll send out the Gundams. Gundams solve everything. But is like, what about our tactics, though? Mom's Mom's asleep. asleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's not even wine drunk asleep. Then she'd be fine. She'd just stumble onto the bridge and give us tactics. She's medical asleep. It's totally different. <laughs> she's in a coma. And Sesame yeah, was like, my tactics are swords. Well, and uh, Lasse says, even with Sumeragi asleep, we've still got to do something. We'll take the Ptolemaeus to the, over the coastline and draw attention to ourselves. Yeah, we'll turn off the cloaking and then they'll probably all come after us. It's a good decoy plan. I mean, it's it's a plan. Yeah. It's not a particularly, like, clever plan, kind of relying on Setsuna and the group being competent pilots. It's, we'll go take all the aggro, and someone will heal us, surely. All right, guys, let's go uh, trigger our taunt skill. Yeah. And we see uh, Marina watching the Ptolemaeus leave. 
as she helps some kids into an evacuation jeep. And she's like, man, I didn't even get to say bye to Setsuna this time. And oh man, they, they left Saji in like this room with the TV with twenty four seven news on. The, the worst fate that Tiara could think of for him, <laughs> as it's talking about them wiping out the Cateron base and how terrorism is rising worldwide because of it. And Saji's like, "Oh no, this is all my fault. How can I fix this? What if I shot someone? Would that help?" <laughs> and I love how he, he calls for Kinoe and Louise to help him. Although I, I also like that parallel, like, he's like, I gotta fix this, and that's basically what the members of Celestial Being have been telling him since the start, is like, we broke it, we gotta fix it. So, yeah, and they're like, alright, so it'll be about 37 minutes until satellites spot us. I assume that was seconds. <laughs> well, they say they phrase it as 0037, so I guess seconds does make a lot more sense than minutes. We cut to Soma, just stared at her mobile suit, being sad. Be- She's in the brooding Being bay. emo. Being like, I'm a super soldier. I just have to do my duty no matter what and not think about anything else. That's the only reason I exist. It's not to have cool tea time with my dad. Or to have friends as Louise is like, a wild friend appears. <laughs> And she's like, sorry, am I intruding on your brooding? And Soma's like, no, we can brood together. Anyway, who are you? And she's like, warrant officer Louise Holovy. And Soma's like, I'm second lieutenant Soma Pierce. And Louise is like, oh man, I'm so sorry that I addressed you so casually. First and, lieutenant. For, did I say second? Yes. I, I'm sorry, Soma. And Soma's like, it's fine. There's no rank insignia on the ALA's uniform anywhere <laughs> for some reason. So I can't blame you. I'm going to have to take a look, but is maybe it's those chest things. Those are identical. They're identical. Okay, I, I wasn't <laughs> sure if they were actually identical or not. And so I was like, anyway, you're pushing yourself too hard. My quantum brainwaves tell me you totally have a crush on a boy and he's all you can think about. And you should maybe deal with that instead of doing a war. <laughs> I, I love how, like, Louise starts to defend herself instead of asking the obvious question. Oh, fuck what are is quantum, quantum brainwaves? brainwaves? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Andre shows up to defuse Andre, that situation. Andre, the second lieutenant, now has somebody who is ranked lower than him to get Soma, and is immediately smitten yeah. with Louise. He, he looks at her out of the side of his eyes, and Dreamweaver starts playing. <laughs> and Soma's like, hey, you're supposed to introduce yourself. Quit being rude. My quantum brainwaves are telling me about what's going on in your pants, and I do not like it. <laughs> I like how <laughs> She's even pause. looking. <laughs> I like how, when Jeremy paused it as he was saying that, he paused it as so she was, was like clearly mid- looking at his dick. It was mid blink, and she just had the most judgmental expression we've ever seen on Soma's face. But one of the things Andre thinks is she's so young. Isn't she like twenty? She's twenty two. Soma is twenty three. So young. They, they are approximately. They are both older than Andre. <laughs> is, he, is he only eighteen then? Uh, no, I think he's twenty one. Oh, Wait, she's they, young. None of them are teens. This doesn't sound right. No, I told you, Zach, that Saji's a teen at heart, and he's the only shitty teen left. Oh, Milena's a teen. She's That's not true. very shitty, though. So we cut to the Star Wars briefing room, where Kadi is telling the Mobile Soup teams that they've spotted Celestial Being. Luis and Soma are now besties sitting up front together. I, well, I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where Luis is like, you are the... There are literally two other women on board this ship, and yeah. they're on this side of the briefing room, so I'm sitting over here. They're also the only ones whose hair color isn't brown or black. Uh, Mr. Bushido, but he's too cool to sit down, so. Also, he's wearing a helmet. He's wearing a mask. It distracts from his hair, though. 
So she's like, anyway, all of you will go after. And then Graham walks up. And is like, I will deal with the devil-equipped Gundam with the engines myself. No one interfere with me. 1v1 me at Baron, punk. <laughs> no one is to assist God is like, I'm sorry, the hell? <laughs> I, lo- I love that. She's just like, what? And so Louise's commander, Barack, is like, I think that's a great idea. Don't you, Colonel? This idiot can get himself killed or we'll see him be rad. Either way, we win. This is the man with the license, capital L. I'd like to see what he can do. And he's like, as a matter of fact, I will. And then just Cotty's look of, God, damn it. What did I do wrong to be stuck with this is crazy. Like, why is he even in the battalion? She, like, makes plans and he's like, no, you're not my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, they're the closest to the Gundams. So even if he's a one-man army, he does need to refuel and launch from somewhere. So Felt is like, well, they're on their way, starting to start launching the Gundams. So they start launching the Gundams. And Ian is like, hey, Setsuna, don't use the Transam. And he's like, I know, Dad. You've literally told me this every time I've launched this mobile suit, and I I haven't done it yet. I feel like, even so, (laughs) Ian feels a need to warn Setsuna not to use the Transam. Because honestly, from what we know of Setsuna, do you really think Setsuna would listen if Ian didn't specifically tell him every time, don't use the Transam? Zach... Setsuna loves that Gundam more than he loves anything in the world. He's not going to do anything to endanger his baby. Except for the fact that when he first got in, the first thing he did was hit the Trans Am button. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was that or die. I love we get Alleluia taking control again. Yep. Lock-on is in serious mode today. He tells Haro so. And Taro's like, yeah, whatever, man. Whatever that means. (laughs) Everybody else is like, all right, transferring control during all this. And Setsuna is just, don't use Trans Am. Setsuna, not using Transam. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Double O, not using Transam. Launching. So Saji calls Lasse and is like, hey, you're protecting Catheron, right? Please let me help you. I want to do something to help them out. And Lasse is like, yeah, we'll accept your good wishes. We're really bad at recruiting people. You're actively like, please let me help. And we're like, nah. Plus, you don't have any relevant skills, right? It's not like you could even be on standby for maintenance. Like, you've already helped Ian or something. Well, he helped Ian as a gopher. I feel like this is also, in part, Lasse trying to give Saji a reasonable explanation of not actually being a member. Like, he's trying to give Saji a veil of protection from that. Plausible deniability. Pla- thank you. Because we know the A-Laws will care a lot about that when they yeah. capture all of Yes, <laughs> I, I know. I'm just saying, like, I feel like that's part of it, is that Lasse doesn't want Saji to get involved. I was going to say, I feel like Saji should just be like, no, I have a degree in space engineer. I know how to navigate the really complicated UI. But Saji's like, I have to do something. As we then cut out to the Alos, Jinxes, and Aheads approaching the Ptolemaeus. And they're like, we'll break into two teams to split up the Gundams. Mr. Bushido, I guess, do whatever the fuck you want. And he's like, as a matter of fact, I will. And then he does. (laughs) (laughs) And And then, so Andre and Soma are like, all right, we're going after the winged ones. So we we get our uh, anti- Gundam Shar attack. And Luis is like, finally, I get to fight Gundams. Mom, Dad, I'll avenge you. And then the fight gets started. I actually really like the way the Gundams get into formation with the Cerevi just going back and be like, I'll just shoot them from back here. Well, the Gundams scatter and the Cerevi stays in the back to provide fire with its giant bazookas. One of the Jinxes closes in on the Cerevi, but it has giant knee lasers that it uses to just blast it close up. It doesn't actually hit, but Lock-On does, so that's fine, as he's skidding around the ground. And Haro's like, bullseye, bullseye. And Lock-On is like, I told you, 
I'm in serious mode today. I'm going to get at least 82% accuracy. I love how the Trudium is just like flying meters above the surface of the ocean. Just parallel to it? Yeah, although you got to be... I just had the sudden thought of... uh, It's a really neat shot there. What happens if he runs into a wave? Gundam armor can take a wave, probably. GN particles, Zach. They'll just bounce off. They don't (laughs) conduct water. That's why they can use their beams underwater. Soma immediately body checks the Arios, and all of is like, I can't use my quantum brain waves anymore, but my ex-girlfriend's senses are tingling. <laughs> I still have those. And he takes a chunk off of uh, Soma's mobile suit as Louise comes charging to her rescue, but then gets shot at by the Ptolemaeus. And is like, hey, you cut it out. I'm gonna fuck you up. And Andre is like, hey, don't fuck him up. That's uh, kind of going too far. So apparently the Ptolemaeus is just automatically firing. Presumably on, like, some kind of mathematical equation. And they're like, damn, this math is too good. If only we had Lichty here to take random pot shots. I, I feel like it's more a matter of, like, if Lichty was here, he could, fly, he could like, fly the Ptolemaeus while Lasse did gunfire. But because they don't have a co-pilot, Lasse has to do both. So Ian's like, hey, I'm going to go to the sub-bridge, and I don't know, I have a better shooting skill than a random computer. And Lasse's like, you old man? He's like, yeah, who else we got? But Saji runs into the hall and is like, Ian, let me come too. And here is where Kadi is like, huh, these tactics are awful. Maybe it's not Cujo. We're just going to crush him. And, and then they're like, hey, by the way, that crazy guy is going to do crazy guy things. And for some reason, she's surprised about this. And then uh, Milena is like, hey, someone is making a beeline for you, Setsuna. And Mr. Bushi is like, ah, even your marksmanship has improved. Not enough to get anywhere close to hitting me, but it has improved. <laughs> and now show me your shonen spirit. And Setsuna kicks Mr. Bushido. So Mr. Bushido counter kicks. That's how you know they're both good pilots. Yes. As Barack <laughs> chasing Lockod is told that Louise is being dumb and going after the ship. And Andre's like, I'm going to support her. And so Saji catches Ian and demands to be allowed to help. And he's like, I just want to protect the people from Catheron. And Ian's like, sounds good to me. Come on. Don't care. You can help. Sumeragi wakes up. She's like, I can sense that we're in the middle of a terrible plan. <laughs> I sense a horrible, horrible plan. Why did I pass out just now and leave the Gundam Meisters to come up with something? So we cut to the subbridge where Ian's like, you know how to use it, right? By pulling the trigger. And Saji's like, yeah, I know. And the two are coming right at him. And so Ian's like, shoot him, Saji. Shoot him. They're no one you know. Come on, fire. They're not your ex-girlfriend is- or anything. Why is... Ian not fired. Uh, that's what I was wondering is what it, why did Ian even come here at this point? Oh, he's an old man and he knows he can't hit. This and, was his plan all along. And so Saji has the thought of killing somebody would make me the same as you. He's thinking about all of the moral arguments he's made against Setsuna, basically. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. And he's like, hey, stay back. And then he continues clearly conflicted to have all these thoughts, remembering those times he played Setsuna. Meanwhile, for Ian's like, just pull the damn trigger, Dude, just man. Shoot it. And Louise is shooting it, and she's like, I'm a murder, you celestial being. And then we cut right before Saji can pull the trigger to the ending sequence. So anyway, they brought Louise back as a character just for Saji to kill her. They never know that he did. I mean... Dramatic irony. That is his luck stat, and very Gundam. And then Soma will be pissed at them for the entire time for killing the only other woman who could pilot a mobile suit. (laughs) But... As with all of Double O, there is post-credit stuff, which is mostly just the Gundams getting their ass kicked. With Mr. Bushido being like, is this your attempt to insult me? I know all about the Ken technique. And Alleluia being like, Mary, it's me, Alleluia, please stop murdering me. And she's like, gonna murder ya. 
<laughs> that she does. And then Kaioken activates. Yep, and then Setsuna is about to Kaioken, and Aleluya is about to shoot Mary, but Mary takes off his arm, and he's just like, Mary, please stop. Let me grasp you. And then the episode's actually over. And next... Uh, why was that in the post credit sequence? Well, because they had to show us the next episode next- scene, and because next episode we get... War for two? Yep, yep no, Sunset Island. We have to go back! <laughs> Sunrise Island, not Sunset Island. No, well, Island. it's at night now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that one's fine. It was fine. I like the Saji stuff in it a lot. I do too. I like the Tiaria stuff in it fairly well. The Sumeragi stuff is fine. I do find it a little weird that she has a flashback so intense she passes out. She has weirdly repressed memory. To be fair, she did go into a drunken stupor about it for like four years. She The problem was that she was so sober. Yeah, she was actually having alcohol withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> she was that drunk. I like Soma and Luis meeting up. They're another pair of characters that probably weren't on the bingo card, but make a lot of sense. And the Soma being very emo is okay. It's a little too intense, but I don't super hate it. On the other hand, Rint is way too much of an asshole to Caddy and... Caddy being like, it must be cute. Oh, wait, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really funny. I actually, I kind of like the fact that she's like, wait, could it possibly be this person that I know? And then she sees another thing and then it's like, maybe I was wrong. It's not like that immediate, I am absolutely positive it has to be this person. And then has this another thing. And then, you know, it's like, no, it's got to be, it's still got to be this one person. Do you have a high point, Tyler? I think for me, it's actually got to be the return of the Hall of Judgment. I, I, I just really like that scene between Tiari and Saji because, I don't know, I feel like Tiari has grown a lot as a person because he's not like, I'll kill you for this, Saji Crossroad, which is definitely what young Tiari would have done. Zach? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good one. I think I'm going to go with something somewhat related to that. But I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Tiaria taking Saji and be like, we're taking you with us because if we don't, they will kill you. Yeah, I'm mad enough to slap you, but not mad enough to let you get mobbed. I'm going to go with the scene of Luis and Soma meeting. Again, it's really unexpected, but kind of nice. I wish we had more of their conversation and Andre didn't immediately show up to be like, dream weaver. <laughs> Do you have a low point, Tyler? I think for me, it's actually going to be the Chun-Li scene because I feel like it could have been entirely cut from this episode and it would have been fine. I'd completely forgotten about it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it is the spoil. Like, we had that thing spoiled and we've been making fun of it this entire time. But you're right. If they were just like them being brother and sister doesn't really matter. No, it just makes the whole relationship weird. I feel like it is less weird in other cultures for that to happen. But their relationship, it's like. Like, I guess, uh, like your older brother being the servant, though? Yeah. In large families in Southeast Asian countries, that, like, sort of dynamic, I feel, is a thing that can happen. Although it's weird for the older brother to be in that position. Yeah, yeah, that that was my point. But, yeah. Uh, Zach, what's your low point? Tyler took the one that I was thinking of. I think I'm going to go with Sumeragi having a flashback so intense she passes out. And is out for this long. I mean, obviously the reason is because she has to be out for this terrible plan to take shape. But at the same time, like, couldn't you have given us a bit of a better way of doing that? Yeah, alcohol withdrawals. Okay, so here's my actual theory on this. And it relates to why her uh, flashback is so jumbled and hard to follow. It's actually that she had a RAM glitch and the entire computer just rebooted. Sumeragi blue screened. I'm going to go with, Ugh, no one interfere. I'll take on the double engine one myself. I have the authority. I have the license. I'm the best. So, as a matter of fact, I will. 
right now, can we just say low point of the second half of Double O is Mr. Bushido? Zach, you're not allowed to say that until you have truly seen the depths of Mr. Bushido. I said for right now, can we say that? No, you're not allowed yet. Only I, who have seen all of Double O, can say that. <laughs> only you have the license. Yes, only I. <laughs> I'll 1v1 him myself. <laughs> Do you have an MVP, Tyler? Uh, well, it's not Sumeragi this episode. No. You know what? I think it's actually going to be Tiaria. That seems like a good one. I'm leaning towards him. Zach? Saji. Because, like, Saji through this episode, I feel like, is the primary emotional... Yeah, he's he's doing here. all the, like, lifting for... The... And, you know, character. Yeah. Like, we're getting some of, Sa- of uh, Sumeragi and Kadi's shared background, but, like, that's background and it's mentioning about the characters, whereas... Saji's doing some growing and some thinking here. And, and my explanation for Tiaria is he's being an adult and trying to cause Saji to also be an adult. Yes, Tiaria has gone through this and he's trying to help. But I think I got to give it to Saji because he is going through it. It's between those two for me, but I think I'm going to go with Tiaria. Because while I do think Saji is in many ways the core of this episode, what we get in this episode is still set up for Saji, right? He does come to the point of, I have to do something, but he hasn't figured out what something is, right? He's making forward progress, but he's not there yet. Does so Saji become a Gundam pilot? I know this is a complicated <laughs> answer. That's all I know. Some people would say yes. Some people would say no. What is a Gundam pilot? Tyler? Those people what, what, are wrong. What does piloting mean? Operates a... What gets, is a it, gets inside of a Gundam and makes it move around and do stuff. So Cy Argyle is a Gundam pilot? He stole the strike that one time. He got like, in the Gundam and made it move. Okay, let me rephrase it. Is assigned to it... <laughs> Does it more than once? Does it more than a uh, joy ride? <laughs> I don't think there was any joy in that ride. That's uh, that's uh, that's I did. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, is Lacus Klein a Gundam pilot? Because she sat in the Justice that one time. Yes. <laughs> well, according <laughs> to Dynasty Gund- Warriors Gundam Three, she is. <laughs> yep. Anything else we want to say about this episode? It's fine. I say that like, and that makes it sound worse than it is. I think even it's got some of Double O's greater vices, though. In that the. We didn't even talk about the opening scene because it's from last episode, but that's not good. The post credits isn't good. And it's a lot of people being sad, which to be fair, I'm not making fun of. I hate the people on Crunchyroll. They're like, oh, Saji is so worthless in this series. He needs to die. I'm like I what? No. totally forgot about the op- before credits scene. I, I think that's actually the low point. It was so low. I totally forgot. Because it it's existed. also literally the after credit scene of last episode. <sighs> and they don't. There, there's no explanation for them getting away you guessed right <laughs> he actually so does, does 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 he just kind of like sit there and watch them leave i'm actually kind of wondering if he was like talking to someone else entirely and he was he actually turned to the opposite direction of the shuttle they're shown as pretty far away i can believe that sets in that can just flip a yui and get away but it's really weird that we don't at least see some of that any other thoughts on this episode it was all right i wish we had gotten some more soma stuff i really liked her um in the first si- or in the uh, first half, and I was wondering why, because she doesn't do a ton. And I think you described it perfectly, it's because she's a perfect cinnamon roll. Um, and now she's an adult perfect cinnamon roll, and like she's probably my favorite character in the show outside of Setsuna. Where did that come from? Cinnamon roll? I yes. have no idea. <laughs> Reddit, probably, if I had to guess. I just, I, I, I think it's cinnamon bun. I think we misquoted. I've, I've, I've I heard think it, it refers I've, to I've, the hairstyle. I've heard it mainly as cinnamon roll. Well, don't worry, I found... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, do you want to take a guess as to where this came from? I saw the headline. So, yeah, just Zach, I guess. <laughs> or, or I can just tell you the year and you can try to 95? take a guess. 95? 2014. 
Sailor Moon or Pretty Cure? Nope. It's not an anime. Not even related to anime in any way. And I have absolutely no idea. It was an Onion article about a literal cinnamon roll, too good and perfect for this world, that apparently just got so memefied that we now use it in every context. That is weird. It's a gun that will return in Reunion and Separation. All mobile suit teams will follow tactical plan E3 I'll deal and with the double-powered Gundam with the shoulder engines myself. No one is to assist or interfere with me. I'm sorry, what? I'll be sure to meet your expectations. Thank you.